tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. ברוכים <laughs> From Fools Gone Wild, the big love. So it's going to be a big show for us Mexicans. Okay, big Mexican <laughs> holiday. And we don't smoke the same. Available on Rockfin. Any Christmas shows coming up? Like a, a live Christmas show? No, kicking it for the holidays. All right, chilling, yeah. chilling, Sam tripling chilling. it. Kind of, yeah, even though you that. said, even though you said you were slowing down and then I'll oh, show here, show there. Yeah, we're going to slow down. <laughs> we're going to slow down. Trust me. We're going to slow down. And on the ones and twos, the gnomes, the love them. Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you? Good, good, brother. I, this show today, I, I really enjoyed this one. This it was a right great show. It was a great show. And I needed to come up with something other than to know him as a love him because I said that the bo- about both of you. <laughs> yeah. So that was very unoriginal. My apologies. Jay Nice, I got to tell you, everybody loves you. You are. Well, that's not true because I, I got a, a number of people in my life who do not love me. Name two. Uh, really? Yeah. I well, mean, every ex-girlfriend. Okay. I have. Okay. All right. All right. That's like three chicks. Okay. Um, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Johnny's slinging the D, dog. Slinging the D. Guys, hope you guys are enjoying the show. Been working hard. Uh, you know, I love the reason I love Tim Fall Hat is that, you know, we have some great guests on, but we also have people we just find in random places. And it's great. And uh, I mean, like, dude, the weirder, the better. And uh, the episode today was wonderful with that. And, you know, it's like everybody else is doing serious stuff. I want to get weird. I think it's more fun to talk about. Yeah, you know, we'll have the Gisley Maxwell trial, and that's that's important. But, you know, also we'll have a, a podcast about weird Bigfoot. And I love that. That's the best phrase to come out of the show. Right? Man. We're right? Bigfoot. We're Bigfoot, <laughs> which I'm fucking down with, bro. And that's kind of like what the show's about. So uh, just know also I'm getting so many emails from everybody. I would love to answer you all. I'm just like, I'm so slammed, man. So if you get an email, you send me an email, you don't get back to me. Just know I'm trying, man. And uh, I'm trying my hardest. I'm going to spend a little time to answer a bunch of emails. A lot of you send me artwork. I can't get back to all of you. Uh, just know I appreciate the effort. And I will promise you I'm going to at some point try to go through and email you all. Thanking you for your artwork. Okay? So that's where we're at. Um, so we got. So I have uh, two more dates left in, in, in 2021. Uh, Tampa Bay is this weekend. Uh, it's this Friday night at Side Splitters in Tampa. Shows at 10 p.m. It's my last road gig. I hope to see everybody. And if we get enough people there, I'll do more shows in Tampa. 
If not, we'll figure it something out. Then in the following next year, it's getting fucking busy, bro. It's already come together, okay? I got Buffalo on the 21st, uh, January 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And then the Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night is back live in Long Beach. We're at Harvell's, one of the best places out there. Uh, it is January 28th. 8 p.m. show. There's two shows that night. There's an 8 p.m. and then there is a 10 p.m. swarm tank. New shit's in. Can I get a sound effect? Jay Nice is joining us. He's going to be doing some stand up. So everyone's like, we'd love to see Jay Nice do stand up. Well, now you can see him live. He'll join us at, in the it, panel show. And these tickets are what? Where that? They're all at samtriplee.com. All tickets are at samtriplee.com. Okay, yeah, get them at samtriplee.com. And you can go on Eventbrite. Now, here's the thing about Eventbrite. It's a little janky. I'm learning how to work it. The first show says there's only 60 tickets available. There are not only 60 tickets available. There's 160 tickets available. They're already moving very quickly. I would suggest to everybody you grab your tickets early, okay? So there's VIP. There is uh, seated, and then there's standing room only. Now, the second show, Swarm Tank, uh, everyone's like, if I buy both, do I get this discount? I already gave it to you. I knocked off $10 off of all the tickets. Bam, right off the top, okay? Except for the standing room only. All the rest of them knocked off. Grab your tickets now. There's only 60 VIP. Then there's another, like, 23 seated, and then the rest are standing room only. Grab your tickets now. You know Swarm Tank. It is where you come. Pitch your favorite conspiracy to your favorite conspiracy theorists. Meet the whole crew live together. Maybe we'll invite Off the Grid Ryan to join us. Bring him. Let's do it. Get a little weird with Off the Grid, bro. It was great seeing him. The other yeah. Day. So, I mean, I, I want to have Off the Grid on more next year. Uh, let him join us. Throw him some cash. And uh, have him come on because I think he adds a fun little weird element to it. Uh, listen, guys, uh, our T-shirts are on fire. I'm working on some stuff. T-shirts are fire. Go Work, to, what are you working on? Uh, I got this one, uh, Beavs and Butthead one somebody sent me. I'm going to fine-tune that one. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a couple other ones I'm working on. Where can they get that one that you had on? Because I wanted it on well, the San Diego. The zip-up. The fleece, the the the, the anti. You had a hoodie, right? Yeah, I had a hoodie with the, which was. But it had a zipper in the middle, club. right? Yeah, but it had a zipper in the middle, right? Yeah, I mean, you can get the anti anti vax vaccine shirt, and that's at samtriplee dot com. hoodie. Well, what there's a hoodie. There's a hoodie of it at at tinfoilhead t shirts dot com. You can get the hoodie of it. I had a I had a conspiracy social club. Oh, did you? Hoodie on, which I will. I've decided to put the links on samtriplee.com so people can go right. get it. You just yeah, gotta go to there. briancallen.com. I'll put the links up. God, so much work to do. So much work to do. Okay, get a t shirt, support the show, and uh, we're gonna be putting out more and more and more and more and more and more uh, product for you guys to check out. We're gonna start working and this. Assuming Johnny doesn't leave quick enough early next week, we're all going to have a business dinner together. I'm out next Thursday. So. Okay, we're going to have a business meeting to next week, and we're going to uh, sit down and work on some more stuff for you guys because we're trying hard, 
Hard. So hard. Big year next year. And what okay. Man, I mean, I gotta be honest with you, dude. Mark Steves is doing a great job booking my premium content. He's doing a great job with it. Uh, his podcast is we don't uh, his uh, we don't uh, my family thinks I'm crazy and uh, he's doing a great job man and uh, the, good guy good guy the, that works these the he, he, just like everybody else that works on the show he's a little crazy but he's a hustler and he works hard and I appreciate it and he's booking some great guests on my Rockfin show yeah, yeah his family's got a point we're we're not saying that no, we're not saying he's not crazy and we're not saying being crazy is the bad thing no. we're just saying he is crazy. And just like me, just like Xavier, and definitely, definitely mm -hmm. like John. Okay, <laughs> um, but just go check it out and uh, Rockfin.com. You have uh, we do, you have Tinfoil Hat uh, Premium content. You have Zero. You have Conspiracy Social Club. You have Broken Sim. You have We Don't Smoke the Same. All of them are there. Zero's on there. All of them are there. All for Greatest of all time sports talk. Sometimes. sometimes. Well, I got a buddy of mine that's doing a show. We should all just do shows together and both put out the content. Whatever. I'm down. You know? And uh, Big Carl and Josh Denny are doing it, and then you could do it, and then we'll all do it, and we'll, all just, and we'll just both put it on our own, our own thing. So uh, the point is this. Go check it out. Uh, Rockfin.com. You can just go to samtriple.com, click any of those links, grab that as well. Uh, is there anything else? We nope. have a new Broken Sim coming Ooh. out soonish. Yeah, okay. So final thing, and I this is I want to ask you guys. I have somebody that's willing to give me some money to animate my special. I want to animate my special. I think I need about 50 more grand to do it right. Should I do a GoFundMe? Uh, 15? Yeah. What are the GoFundMe going to get? What Are they, are they going to get like... I'm thinking about giving them... Uh, free ticket type of shit. Like if you donate a thousand, you can go to any free Blue shows. You can get like a credit in the credits. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? If you get like... GoFundMe, Ooh, in yeah. the credits. Yeah. There yeah. might be even a, a better platform. I, there's a platform that a lot of musicians use that I can't remember what it's called, but that might be even a little better for that. An uh, exclusive t-shirt? Yeah, I'll give them an exclusive yeah, like t-shirt, yeah. right? Uh, it's not a bad idea. You know... Special, maybe I'll do that. I'll make a preview, uh, a viewing. What, what, are, what are you I'll thinking? make limited edition. A viewing? Animating the concepts is what you mean? The things you're talking about? No, but about? the whole thing. The but whole so is you're on stage animated, and then it's animating what you're talking about. Yeah, as well. okay. so I'm animated, and it goes into it, and so you can see what I'm talking about. I think that's a great idea. And I already had 20 grand, so I'm going to get the ball rolling. Now I'm going to take that money. I'm going to put my own money into it, plus what I raise, and go who wants to do it. And, uh, you could also maybe take an investor on, dude. I mean, like, I, I have that's the investors, the, oh, okay. the first part. I'm going to start the process and I'll just fill in the blanks. Can't hurt. But if you want to be a part of it, uh, I'll, I'll be putting that out. Let me know if you're interested in helping me raise the money and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll do a special pay per view screening where you don't pay anything because yeah. <laughs> you already put money up. You get to see the first of it. Maybe I'll do something in Vegas. NFT, raise some money from an NFT, maybe of your a little green of meat after the viewing. They love that shit. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, so right we'll, figure yeah. we'll figure Let it out. We'll figure it out. Let us know if you guys are interested. Maybe I'll rent out the Hollywood Bowl and just do it for the fifteen people that have <laughs> That that is a dream special of mine, where I rent out the Hollywood Bowl and do stand up for like two people. How much does that cost? I don't know, but if that's assuming I'm a bazillionaire, I want to see how much that costs. How much it costs oh, to do yeah. a night at the Hollywood Bowl? 
I love it. So that's the show, guys. Uh, is there anything else? No, I think we're rocking. We are rocking. Uh, guys, this is a great show. Big time. It's Banger. about fairies, uh, weird Bigfoot, uh, anal probings. It's everything you ever wanted in a tinfoil hat episode. And, uh, you know, Joshua came, dropped the hammer of the gods. So enjoy the show. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Okay, so let's get into it, man. Very excited to mix it up here a little bit. You know, we've had uh, some interesting shows coming up. Hope you enjoyed the last one. Let's get into this one. Uh, he is an author. He's a musician, and uh, he's about to go deep on us. So very, I'm very excited. Please welcome to the show, Joshua Kutchin. How are you, dude? I'm doing great. It's uh, kind of a dreary day here in Georgia, but uh, this is going to brighten things up a bit, I hope. We are entering the time where the weather changes now, and it's so funny because we're in Cali, and... You know, we're entering the ages where, get, you know, even for anybody, it gets a little cold out here, but people think that they're coming to California. So it doesn't matter. Like, it could be January, they'll bring shorts. Yeah. You're like, it's cold, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you can't walk around here. So you see some <laughs> dude just shriveling. Sometimes. I mean, it was 70 degrees today. Okay, Johnny. I'm telling the story right now. <laughs> it's called Yes Ann. Well, I just. Well, I, all the girls are wearing Uggs anyway, so they're all prepared for the weather, right? It is funny, though, yeah. when you go out. Like, like, I was in San Diego this weekend, and all the girls are dressed half naked, freezing. Like, it's like, <laughs> struggle is real. Yeah, don't ruin this for us, Struggle is real. So let's uh, don't get cold. They'll still get cold. They're like, oh, yeah, it's so hot. But I like, I'm half naked. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Anyways, back to you, Joshua. Uh, tell us a little, for those who may not be familiar with you, Joshua, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners and viewers can find you? Well, I have a website at joshuacutchin.com, J-O-S-H-U-A-C-U-T-C-H-I-N, and a poorly maintained blog there. Um, most of my work goes into focusing on the long-form stuff, so my different books that I have. Um, I have right now five books that are out. Um, the first one is on uh, the role of food and drink in encounters with all sorts of other entities, so extraterrestrials, fey folk, Bigfoot, etc. Second one is on the role of smells in these encounters, uh, the same cast of characters. Okay. And the third one is on um, is on supernatural child abduction, and then I have a two-volume series with my friend Timothy Renner all about uh, just weird Bigfoot. So as, if Bigfoot's not weird enough for you as like a giant monkey, we're going into like disappearing Bigfoot and phasing Bigfoot uh, and dude. Bigfoot, you know, UFOs and Bigfoot. It's, that's, that's what those two books are about. Yes, always yes. With a real strong yes. folklore yeah. perspective. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 and yes. That sounds like four episodes. I'm all about that, dude. <laughs> all those have hit with me, especially Weird Bigfoot, which is a great name for a band, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm all about all of those. So... I mean, how, how did you get into this? Where does this all start? Because you have a very unusual take on all this stuff that, you know, uh, in a couple days, this Thursday, no, no, next Monday will be the five-year anniversary of the show, and we haven't heard any of this stuff. So how did you go down this path? Uh, I think probably fear is what led me down this particular path. Um, you know, I was always like a monster kid into like predator and alien and all those, you know, anything that was a creature feature I was all about. So naturally that leads you into, you know, I was kind of late to the UFO game, but it definitely led me down the Bigfoot rabbit hole pretty early in my life. And my dad was a, uh, apparently a, uh, 
a subscriber to the BFRO, Bigfoot Field Restrictors Organization newsletter at some point, which I wasn't aware of until I got into this. But uh, so I was always interested in these topics. But, you know, UFO alien abduction always really terrified me. And of course, I was approaching it from the extraterrestrial hypothesis angle that we're dealing with physical aliens and nuts and bolts spacecraft. And it wasn't until I um, started hearing stuff about altered states of consciousness and some of the more, I mean, I don't want to say spiritual because people think you're talking about some sort of Judeo-Christian dichotomy, but the spiritual angles of things that I started to say, okay, well, if, if that's the case, then I kind of have my foot in the door for some degree of sovereignty if this were to ever happen to me, um, if I ever were to be abducted by aliens. So um, it kind of, well, I guess, maybe started as a sort of therapy, but I really got into it um, when I was listening to a bunch of paranormal podcasts uh, during a long commute that I had. And I got a gift card from one of my sisters-in-law, um, which I spent on a Bigfoot book, right? And uh, I was reading, the, I remember this distinctly, I was reading the Bigfoot book, and it was talking about how if you took food from the Bequess, which was uh, one of the Alaskan tribes analog for Sasquatch, if you took food from the Bequess, it wasn't actually, you know, the dried salmon that it was offering you, it was tree bark that was cloaked to look like dried salmon. And if what? you ate it, you were, if you ate it, you were to stay with the Bequess forever. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. That sounds a lot like, you know, Western European fairy folklore, where if you eat food from the fairies, you're trapped in fairyland forever. And I said, somebody should write a book on that. And, you know, I, I waited around for a while until I was like, uh, it me? Yeah, and, uh, so, it sounds so I, like so I, uh, it sounds like when you get somebody pregnant, <laughs> trapped forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I, I was working a I was working a desk job at uh, the University of Georgia, and in the summer it was just nothing as much to do. So I kind of wrote a book on the university's dime that summer, and then uh, as soon as it was out the next year, I said bye. And I focused more on my music, uh, which I had put on sort of a back burner and uh, have been writing ever since. And it's uh, I, I really f tend to focus on these sort of folkloric angles of, uh, again, fairy folklore, but also just just the, the sort of psychosocial dimension. If you're familiar with Jacques Vallée's Passport to Magonia, that's sort of like the urtext for a lot of what I talk about. And Vallée pointed out a lot of similarities between the fairy folk and, and the UFO phenomena, but uh, I, t I took that torch and I think I'm carrying it a little bit further than he ever really intended. Um, as much respect as I have for him, there's a lot more uh, similarities there than, uh, than he appreciated even himself. There's layers on layers, brother. There's layers on layers. So let's get into that. What are the similarities between the fairy folklore and the modern day aliens from UFOs? Well, you know, some of these are really apparent even just with a cursory understanding of the two phenomena. I mean, you've got little, little green men versus little men in green. You have, you know, anomalous lights associated with uh, with both UFOs and fairy folklore. Um, they brandish wands, which can paralyze you in both instances. Um, you know, the fairies once danced in these rings that would leave barren patches on the ground. You have crop circles today, which may or may not be associated with UFOs directly, but there's still a connection there. Fairies dwell underground. You know, aliens today supposedly have these underground hidden bases. But even beyond that, um, I contend that you can take anything from fairy folklore and find it in UFO folklore or vice versa. Um, a good example of that is something that really surprised me is um, the idea of alien implants. You know, this idea that uh, you're abducted and something is put in your 
head or under your skin to track you or monitor you or communicate with you. And uh, believe it or not, there's actually in, uh, especially in Western, again, Western, Western Europe, Ireland and the British Isles, there's this idea of the fairy blast. And if you look at the word blast, that sort of has the same Germanic root that we get uh, blustery and blister from. And the idea was that if you offended the fairies, they would hit you with a blast of wind and leave a blister on your skin. And when you lanced it, it would actually, you know, sort of, uh, yield all this detritus, so like sticks and twigs and bones and fragments of uh, of rock and stuff, which sounds exactly like to me uh, just uh, an older version of what we're dealing with with the uh, these so-called alien implants. Even beyond that, um, uh, are you familiar with Morgellons disease? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, oh Johnny is. Well, yeah, Johnny's the nerd dork on the show. He knows everything. Yeah, <laughs> he's our local. You've, you've heard of it. You've, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's these people, Sam, that. Uh, say that they have like fibers implanted in their skins. You know, it's like a medical condition, but it's not recognized by uh, the mainstream medical establishment. Really? Like, what do you mean, like, like fibers? Like, I mean, there it's 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 artificial. Uh, it's non non inorganic. I guess is what you would say. Uh, just, I mean, they call them fibers often. I mean, there are other little particles and stuff, and but they, they say that they're got, in their flesh. They're like embedded in their skin and they're itching. It's, it's sort of become like part of that constellation of things that people, things that happen that people don't generally accept as true, like gang stalking. Like a lot of people right. who are experiencing gang stalking will talk about Morgellons because they've been exposed to some sort of, you know, interference of some type. It's also really uh, pretty common in the alien abductee community. Um, well, so, well, they'll say that, oh, because my DNA has been changed, I'm getting more gallons. But I actually looked and there's some folklore from uh, like Nova Scotia around there, which is the only place that really the, the, the uh, you know, Irish fairy lore really survived in the new world is in New England and that one little spot in Canada. And there are stories of people who have these fairy blasts and believe it or not, they pull string out of it. So it's another connection. What? there. So, yeah. Yeah. No. So, so that's crazy. crazy yeah. dude. All right, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Helix, man. You know what? Most of your life you spend sleeping and some of you guys don't even think about your mattress. You just lay down and you deal with it. Okay. Stop it. There's a solution out there, and it's our friends at Helix. That's right. Johnny, do you have a Helix mattress? I do. I do. Yeah, I love it. Helix Sleep is the best, man. I got it. I have two of them. I have two of them, and they're both great. You know, I sleep in certain ways. Johnny, what do you sleep? I think you sleep yeah, what? I'm a, I'm a side. Knees side. by your head, right? <laughs> yeah, is that a, how you sleep? I'm a side back sleeper, yeah. Yeah, well, how do you sleep, Xavier? On my side. On your, I'm a slide sleeper too. I definitely go fetal position sideways. <laughs> That's how I sleep. And of course, my dog gets bam right in the corner. So I have no room. I pay for everything. I have no room. But guess what? I have a giant bed. So I don't care because Helix is taking care of me, man. It is very important whether you, you know. Dude, I used to have a really junk bed, and I just got Me the too. worst sleep, dude. And thanks to Helix, I sleep on clouds, okay? And how did Helix know what I want? Because they have a wonderful, wonderful quiz. Johnny took it, passed yep. it with A's, okay? I passed it, and I realized I... What kind of mattress do you have? Only quiz you ever passed. Yeah, it is true. It is true. That's that's true. I, I like firm and a little soft at the same time. Yeah, that's what I got too. I got the one that's kind of midway soft. Yeah, you take a quick. It's a two-minute sleep quiz. I'm taking mean, it right it takes now. Even less than that. Look at it. He's taking it right taking now, it dude. Right now, and it dude. was simple, easy, fast. And the best part is, you don't even have to go to the store with the. Have you heard about these mattress stores and what they they're thinking their fronts for uh, some dude. shady shit? 
Not no, Helix. No. Not Helix Sleep. And they'll rip you off. That's the shadiest thing of all that they do, maybe. It's just ripping people off left and right. Yeah, not Helix Sleep. They take care of you because they're honest people. I've met them. They're good people, and I love them. Okay, so if you're looking for a mattress, take a quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door. Ship for free. You don't even need to go to the mattress store. Fuck the mattress store. You can go online and take care of this with our good friends at Helix Sleep, okay? So this is what you're going to do. Just go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, okay? I'm done already. I'm done. He's done. He's in. He's out. He's already got another one coming, okay? I'm buying it right now. He's buying it right now. If Xavier could do it, we can all do it, okay? This is all you do. You go to sleep, helixsleep.com slash tinfoil and take their two-minute quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And guess what? They have a 10-year warranty, and you'll get it. You get to try it out for 100 nights. For a, on a mattress that you sleep on. 100 nights. nights. Making love on a mattress, and this is how much they care for you. They'll take back your love mate. They know you're going to love it, dude. Every night, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And then you're like, guess what? I don't want it. I want it. Guess what? It's never happened in the history of time, okay? Because you make better love on a Helix mattress. That's yeah. all I know. Better love, okay? Helix is offering up to... $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash timfong. Okay, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash timfong. Come on, you deserve to sleep well. So is my conception of fairies like off like I, I, yes, when I think fairies, yes. <laughs> when I think fairies, I think Tinkerbell, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Tinkerbell, little dust. Little, yeah, little... a little tiny, tiny chick looking for trouble. Yeah, that's, that's a children's, that's a children's book idea that I think, <laughs> I think, I think sort of came about in uh, the Victorian era. You know, I think there's some older, some uh, later depictions of some of the fairies in like a Midsummer's Night Dream, a uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, rather, um, with fairy wings. Probably that's tied to older beliefs that the soul could fly. You know, the, the tiny little Egyptian ba that you have inside you, the little wee, you know bird with a human head. Um, but um, while fairies were capable of flight, and, and when I say fairies, I mean mostly Western Europe, but really, I mean, you find it on every inhabited continent. People believe in these little people and whatnot. Fairies were always attributed to the ability to, to levitate and to fly, but uh, they didn't really ever have wings. Um, even that sort of idea of them having short stature, like that was kind of their true form, so to speak, in some senses. But you find taller beings like, you know, elves. And uh, I mean, even if you wanted to expand the umbrella, um, a lot of fairy lore applies equally to things like giants and ogres and trolls as well. So the idea that they're short, feminine, little sexy tinkerbells, <laughs> um, much as I would like that to be true. Um, and look, I, I'm of the opinion that these phenomena do exist and they can appear however they damn well please. Um, but traditionally the idea was that they were, um, that they were much taller, um, capricious in the sense that like, if you offended them, it would be bad. Uh, if you please them by leaving out, you know, food or milk or something, then they would be happy and they might even clean up your house. But, uh, that's <laughs> You did, not want, you did not want to mess with them. Are they gendered? Were they gendered traditionally? They're non-binary. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, they're pretty much pretty much they are gendered, um, and they still have they that same se- they have that same sexual impulse that you find running across you know the alien abduction lore as well. Um, 
to the extent that like the motivations that people say are behind alien abductions were oftentimes behind fairy abduction as well. I mean, you know, the idea that their, their race was dying and they needed new blood, like that's the exact same thing that you find when people would steal babies and leave changelings behind when the fairies would steal babies and leave, you know, fairy babies behind is because they wanted to get the human bloodline incorporated. But uh, as, as far as what they were, um, no one really knows. Uh, there are a lot of different hypotheses on the table. Um, some say that there were elemental spirits. It's mostly an idea that comes out of theosophy, um, Helena Blavatsky and her crew, um, probably originating in Paracelsus earlier. But so elementals, um, demoted pagan gods, you know, the Christianity came in and said, oh, that's not, you know, that's, you know, your gods are, are, are crap. <laughs> and they became the fairies. Or, you know, that's there's a strong argument to be made, which is sort of the line of research that I'm pursuing currently, is that prior to theosophy, most people uh, tended to conflate and associated fairies with the dead. And somehow they were involved in either taking you to the other side or you became a fairy after you died or any number of things. Well, I find it very interesting. So you said a demotion, like a demoted God, like imagine that conversation, right? <laughs> it's like, listen, Bizabob, yeah. uh, you know, we're changing around here. It's like, it's like working at ESPN where they get rid of all the old guys and they bring in all the new guys. Listen, you may have, you may have noticed we've been using you a little less. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, words come down. Times and the only constant. You're the God of churning and people aren't really doing that shit so much yeah. anymore so yeah. that'd be a hard talk because i heard that god a, a butter churning was a nice person that's a hard <laughs> conversation to have yeah. you know the yeah. only constant in in the universe is change and uh you know we're gonna go in a little different direction how would you like well, to be the god of hand jobs <laughs> <laughs> you know I, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that like i think that sometimes uh fiction authors um you know, I know that it's a big idea in conspiracy culture and even in alien abductee or ufology to say that there are limited hangouts where they're actually revealing more secrets than that, you know, than we're supposed to be aware of. And I think that obviously does happen some, but um, I think that some fiction authors just kind of happen to land upon a pretty parsimonious explanation just by merit of their own imagination. And one of those people I think is, is Neil Gaiman with American gods. I mean, I think there's a lot to the idea that gods who, um, who are relevant or these, these forces that are relevant, uh, obtain their, some sort of, uh, power and relevance and, uh, dare I say, even corporeality, um, they're sort of sustained by, by, uh, by belief itself, almost like a, a tulpa or something. It's well, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. So physically you think they wouldn't exist without that? You know, I go back and forth, man. I, I, have talked to enough people and have enough people I call friends who have experienced these things. Um, and people who are completely sane, sober, rational individuals. Um, I just had a conversation with a dear friend of mine who has got He's stories. a deer? <laughs> a dear friend you of mine. You can't take anything clear, for granted. Right? <laughs> a deer. No. Um, a, a beloved joke. friend, a beloved friend He's of mine. He's the God um, of 16 points. Like, who has, like an antler. <laughs> Who has um, who has these stories that'll just make your hair sin on the end? And he's like one of the kindest, most down to earth, sensible, talented people I've ever met. So, trying to reconcile that is always difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that the real linchpin for the discussion is that we have our idea of physical and non physical all backwards. Um, I think that uh, that that line is not as as finite as uh, our current culture would like us to believe. And maybe that's, you know, that maybe that's an ulterior motive on their part. 
Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Super Speciosa. That's right, Super Speciosa. They are the best, the, the leaders in Kratom. That's right, just go to GetSuperLeaf.com, use the promo code SAM, and you will be set up, okay? Listen, everyone loves Kratom. It's good for you. The pharmaceutical companies have tried their hardest to convince you it's bad for you. It's not right. Don't use it. It's an all-natural, super-duper leaf. Get it going. Kratom is an all-natural herb related to coffee bean that, that has been used in Thailand for centuries. That's a long time, man. Kratom helps energize your mind and relax your body, okay? It just helps you feel good, okay? Super Speciosa has only one ingredient. That's pure Kratom leaf, okay? All right, guys, listen. Uh, the Super Speciosa Kratom Super Leaf, okay, is good for you, right? And if you don't like the way you feel, you can get your money back guaranteed, all right? That's it. So here's the offer, okay? For one month, for the month of December only, they're doing a Christmas special all month. Get 20% up on the top of the usual 20% with, with the SAM code, okay? Get 20% extra off on top of the 20%, you are getting by using the code SAM. That's Try 40%. That's shit. 40%. Try Kratom and get a massive 40% off your entire order. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash SAM and use the promo code SAM for 40% off your entire order for the month of December. Okay? One more time. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash SAM and use the promo code SAM, all right, and, and for 40% for off your entire order for the month of December. It's just that easy. So go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash SAM. Use the promo code SAM. This yeah. is my question to you is based on all the stuff that you believe, and we'll get into more of the stuff you want to talk about, but based on a lot of the stuff that you believe, if you had to guess what we live in, what is this place? If yeah, is it? I mean, like, is it what science thinks? We're hurling through space. Is it a realm? Is it a holographic universe? You know, I I, I always say, and based on a lot of what you're talking about, is that we are literally. Uh, it's like every movie ever all going on at the same time, right? Every right. dystopia ever going on at the same time right now. That's for right? sure. And, and like, why? Why is? And, and, and second part of that is why can only some people see this and others can't? Uh, well, okay. So the first part of your question, I'm going to try to unpack this as best I can. Um, I'm kind of agnostic as to what this is. I have a problem with with the simulation theory because it's just, you know, it's just theology for, for nerds in a lot of ways, because they want to say, Oh, it's a computer simulation. And like, but it, it, that anthrop anthropomorphizes this idea so much. I mean, if we, if, if we're living in a simulation, then what is outside of that simulation by definition could quite well be so unlike we have so, so unlike anything we have any reference point for. Right. So why do we assume that it will look like the way that we, construct computer games or something, right? It, it just doesn't really make as much sense to me. Um, I am growing into the idea that, uh, that you know, uh, we are God or the universe trying to experience itself. Yeah, I really me do too, like that dog. idea. Um, 
because I mean, that's another thing that runs through a lot of these encounters is this idea of oneness and of, you know, in Carl Jung's words, totality. Um, and you asked me something else. Oh, why some people can see it and others not. Um, that kind of gets a little bit darker. Uh, I think that I think there's a certain threshold you have to reach. And uh, I think some people are able to get there better than others, just like some people are better at writing or drawing than others, but you can kind of hone those abilities and, and, and be able to do those things better. But at the same time, I think uh, some people have those abilities thrust upon them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a troubling aspect of a lot of these phenomena that runs through again fairy folklore all the way through alien abductee lore that uh, trauma seems to play a role more specifically the dissociation brought about by trauma um which is the same reason that you have people who have near-death experiences are often highly psychically active afterwards and they'll have a near-death experience and then they'll have alien abductions or you know vice versa people have alien abductions and then have poltergeist phenomena in their house it's super common that nobody ever talks about really at least in pop culture um so I do think that something about like that dissociative state is really important to be able to perceive outside of yourself. And, uh, you know, you can get there with meditation. It takes a while. You can get there with psychedelics. It's a lot faster. Um, it might not stick around as often, but I think that the, that aspect of dissociation is key. And if you look at, uh, I had a discussion with a, someone who I'm quite sympathetic with on uh, the alien abduction topic, but he was saying that, you know, our studies reveal that, that 80% of abductees didn't experience any trauma in childhood, no sort of abuse or anything. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, dude, 20% is really fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's way higher than the national reported average. And then once you lump into all that, like how many of these people realize that they were traumatized? How many of these people, um, you know, are, are forthcoming about their trauma? I suspect that the incidence of trauma in terms of people who are experienced is, is much higher than, uh, than we would assume. But that's an unfortunate uh, under, undercurrent that runs through all these things is this idea of trauma leading to dissociation, which can lead to accessing these other realms. It's the, it's the shamanic thing, right? You know, yeah. um, the, sh the shaman is, you know, depending on the culture and using sh shamanism as a broad term, uh, the shaman is somehow traumatized or selected by the spirit world. They might be hit by lightning or have to undergo a serious, intense illness as a child, but that all sort of opens them up to this greater world. That's so interesting. It's just so interesting. Like how many people actually have stuff happen to them? How many report it? Isn't that Red Band's bit about uh, dolphin rape? Like how many people, like the amount of no actually uh, actually happens versus how many people go to the authorities? Like imagine going to cops for that. But the point is, it's would you would you report it if you got abducted? If I got abducted, yeah. I mean, it all depends on what happens in the abduction. Right. I mean, if also, it's, I mean, to whom are you reporting? Like Mufan? What are we talking here? Yeah. Like, what are you right. going to code as sheriff? What's he going to do? I mean, would you at least go on a forum and be like, hey, guys, I think this would happen to me? Or would you just straight silence, like, hey, kind of like. It, I think it all depends okay. on what happens to you. And that's, that's what how I'm wondering is how many, how many people don't report it, like you said. How many people just stay like, hey, I'd rather not. Yeah, I say I got fucking people. anally probed. Well, and, and then you have the issue of, you know, certain communities being more open about this. I mean, do you think that any African-American who's been abducted is going to open up to that about to open up to about that to a white MUFON investigator? You know? yeah, exactly. Especially when those especially when those communities tend to tend to quantify these in terms of spiritual warfare rather than this, you know, sort of materialist physical aliens and nuts and bolts spacecraft kind of thing. 
Are you into the nuts and bolts part? Because I'm more of no. a guy. <laughs> I'm more of an interdimensional and that the nuts and bolts are all U.S. government or uh, uh, or any government, uh, you know, advanced uh, weaponry and technology. I think the real stuff that's going on, and I say this all the time and I'll say it again. This is like, whatever this is, everybody's come to get some, right? It's like, there's just all these interdimensional people. I always say it's like WrestleMania, and this is the Royal Rumble, and they're all like, it's the ant people! It's the grays! Oh my god! It's it's weird Bigfoot! Not normal Bigfoot, but weird Bigfoot! Is that like weird Bigfoot? It's kind of like when Hulk Hogan did uh, Hollywood Hogan, but you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're still Hogan, but yeah. you're weird Hogan, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man, I, I think that you can't look at any, especially the stuff that's coming out now, I mean, about you can't you can't look at this without the context of being in a cold war with China, you know? I mean, oh. the the amount of people on Twitter who are into UFOs who throw that data point out the window just boggles my mind. To say oh. nothing of the fact that there's an outstanding history of the U.S. intelligence uh, apparatus weaponizing, you know, uh, UFO Everything. reports. Using, well, using using the UFO community sort of to sort of crowdsource, you know, um, to, to crowdsource foreign technology in our skies. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about this, you know, before we started, it's it's this technological fetishism of like, you know, oh, you, you know, it's, 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 it's people from another planet in, in spaceships and maybe one day we can get there too. And, and it really does undercut the, um, the fact that you have a, you have a spiritual birthright. I think that it, you are more than flesh and blood and that's what the phenomena really entails. Um, you know, if, <laughs> if, if, um, if UFOs are physical craft holding you know, flesh and blood aliens, then we have to answer for why abductees have these profound synchronicities that manifest in their lives. We have to answer for why abductees report seeing dead loved ones in UFOs. We have to report why abductees have poltergeist phenomena in their homes afterwards. And these all point to a spiritual phenomena more than a physical one. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I find it I find it really frustrating because, you know, a lot of the people who aren't into this line of thinking will say, well, obviously it's aliens. Why would they cover it up if it was something spiritual? Well, that's, that's been the, that's been the role of authorities since like yes. the Dionysian cults. I mean, like it was, it was, you know, a power structure comes in and wishes to undercut spirituality. And at the end of the day, which, which upends your worldview more as an average American, the idea that your life looks like close encounters of the third kind, or the idea <laughs> that your life looks like the Iliad. Like, which of those is weirder, right? <laughs> I don't even know what the second one is, but I'm saying it's the second one. Well, yeah, okay, so, so the, the, idea, the idea that your life looks like Close Encounters of the Third Kind or the idea that your life looks like American Gods, which is weirder. I well, you know, Gods man, it's so funny because, like, I do this a lot on stage now. Like, I have a style of stand-up comedy. I call it Gator Roll, right? Where I would, like, start really simple, grab them, and then slowly bring them down to the dark and deep waters and, and roll them, right? But now I kind of flipped it, right? Where I start out like a little really crazy and then I slow, I mean, I still do simple stuff, but I start, my heavier shit is early and then I kind of, at the end, the point is at the end, I, I do a spiritual thing, right? Yeah. And it's talking a lot about what you're, what you're talking about right here, which is you are gods. You are, you are part of the universe. 
Uh, a lot of people love it. Uh, apparently not in San Diego because I did that at the end. <laughs> and I'm just on a roll and I look out the bottom half, bottom section of the crowd and all left during my... Uh, you're talking about like when you're like... Protect your loose, yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, we're, yeah, we're part yeah, of the swarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, some people just said not into it, dude, at all. You know what it but is? that's fine. It might be the city thing because when we go to like other states, they love hearing stuff like that where they're well, like, "Those are more tinfoil hat crowds." Yeah. So like, I got asked to do a morning radio show, and they're like. So let's get into like the virus. I'm like, this is a morning show. I don't want to go too deep into it, right? Because we're here to have fun, you know? But I started getting into like my thoughts on the moon being like, I think it's a portal, dude. I mean, the more and more I started thinking about what the moon is, the more and more I started thinking it's a portal. Wait, so not hollow. And you used to think it was hollow. Well, I think it's fucking weird. It's weird. weird, I think it's an energy collector. I think Pac-Man is about the moon eating fucking your eating your energy and your soul, and that you get reborn when you go through, and that's how thing. You know, I mean, what if this man? This just hear me out. There's a uh, firmament right that just blocks out the plasma, and to get through that, you have to go through the moon. I mean, so that's like the tunnel. Not yeah, like the tunnel. You know how when you die and go, like, into, the go light. into the Don't light, go into the light. That's how you pass through the the, okay. the it, to this dimension. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned this because I was just writing the other day about. I think it was. I always get them mixed up. John Lee or Roger Lee, or they're two ufologists, but um, but uh, there's an idea that the moon was like a soul collector, and you find this. You know, there's a certain thre- uh, threads of extraterrestrial um, uh belief ufological thought rather um that the aliens are somehow harvesting our souls um this is a big thing someone you would probably get a lot of out of talking to is nick redfern he's written this book called final events um he wrote it back a while ago i think maybe 2010 and it's all about this group in the government called the collins elite which is sort of this loose confederation of, of people who were in places of power and that was sort of the conclusion that they arrived at too was that the aliens were somehow harvesting your souls um of course i'd be remiss if, if i didn't say that that was you know a thing in fairy belief too especially in like scotland the idea that every seven years the fairies would collect souls to take down to hell um but it's i mean it's something that that the soul keeps on popping up in these alien abduction accounts, no matter how many people want to say that it's, you know, a version of us you know, tagging a polar bear or something. It, the, the idea that these things are interested in our souls comes up time and time and time again. And it's not always positive. You know, it's, it's just super interesting, dude. And you know what else I was thinking about is remember when we had Nick Pope on, I think you were on my show. You remember yeah, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, I'm British intelligence. I'm a U.S. And I'm he came a UFO ex- uh, expert, and I'm like, he he's like, he's like, they don't exist. And now, and like, here we are, three years later, all this UFO stuff is coming out, and we were totally right. I'm like, what are you talking well, about? That's the man. That's the Bring thing with all on. this. De- that's all, with all this DeLong shit and the stuff with Lou Elizondo. A friend of mine once said, "Once a spook, always spooky." Right. So <laughs> whenever you get people who are former three-letter agency folks talking to you about the reality of UFOs, that's when I go, okay, I'm going to take a lot of what you're saying with a grain of salt here. So, so you think they're like disinformation, like Bob Lazar? Do you think they're just there to like, here, put them on Rogan, make it's these people think this? It's yeah. all part of, in, in my humble opinion, Operation Blue Beam, 
which is to use this these and these aliens as they're so superior to us we stand no chance again which fits right into this whole vaccine virus thing we've got to comply we got to comply because they got all this technology and that is honestly going back to to what Joshua was talking about it's all about making you not understand how powerful you really are everything yeah. leads to that you are powerless you have no chance against us and that's not true at all and like I don't know, man, what's going on in social... Like, our whole notion is that the elites are so smart. They're, everything that happens is is being controlled by them. I don't believe that. I, I like... Dude, it's so hard to get... Any, like, think about this show. Does anyone really think about how many people work on this show? Uh, the three of us, Dana, Robin, Mark, okay? Plus my web guys. That's seven people. Good luck keeping them all on the same page. So now you're talking about humanity... You're going to keep humanity all stock in lock, stop in step. And it's just, it's, I just personally find it to be impossible. Now it's very easy when you, you, you blitzkrieg people very quickly to get them all with doom and gloom and, and, and scarcity to get them. But eventually parts are going to start fucking wiggling off. Well, that's what I, that's how I feel about like nine 11. 9-11 in the beginning, everybody was united. And after a while, everybody was like wiggling off. Like, hey, what the fuck yeah. really happened? And now in real time, we're watching the the awakening to the power structure of humanity in real time. And we see people on Twitter still holding line. But how many of them yeah. are just the dead internet bots? It's crazy, dude. But back to what I want to get into this because I'm all in to that there's more than just what we're seeing. Now, it how come you I don't think I also think that moving people into the inner city into cities was done purposefully to disconnect us from nature. To get us to believe that there's too many people in the world, that everything's going to crash and burn, right? You, agenda 21, agenda 2030, all this stuff get us in bombard us with a global warming and there is pollution but and there's people i love that are just they are so great at questioning authority until it comes to the environment right or or nasa like they'll question the vaccine the question but the minute you go into like hey they'll be like the government's full of shit the military industrial complex is full of shit big pharmaceuticals full of shit but nasa would lie to us there's no way they would lie to us they're they're above it all they're good people <laughs> and they only want to help us escape this prison planet right like it's like such an interesting thing but i'm really into like you know that there's so much more and i think the reason you don't see people like bigfoots as much in the big city is because you're not that's that's done purposefully yeah there, there's um you mentioned bigfoot in the big city i, I have a couple of examples of bigfoot in the is that big a new city. book uh, coming in, out yeah, <laughs> no no, in, no in, in it's the, like uh, bigfoot meets sex in the city bigfoot the city bigfoot big dot 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 imagine bigfoot um, on grinder oh no <laughs> yeah it's called bears dude he would do really well it's like another bear bear misidentification. There you go. No, I mean, I, I, I think it's really interesting, you know, that, that idea about we weren't meant to live in cities. I mean, and, and uh, you know, 
I think putting us, corralling us into these concrete jungles, it does separate us. And you look at the, you know, the dog piling that we got. I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be, but like the dog pile of, you know, new atheism and stuff uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, it, it, I think it created an atmosphere that, that did cut people off because you, you kind of need to get not as much as like, traditional flesh and blood bigfooters would have you believe but you you do need to kind of get out in the wild and wooliness of the world um before you before you can really appreciate even the possibility of these things i think like 80 percent of americans live in uh in the cities and you know in the meanwhile in the meantime you've got this you know all these relics of this mound builder culture that's out there that people have no idea about and i, I would contend the mound builders are probably um a lot more closely aligned with the spirit world, especially if you compare the old world and new world monuments. I mean, it, it looks like these are technology to bring down the spirit world that we all sort of arrived at independently. You know, some people will say, oh, it looks like the Atlanteans must have come over here and built the mounds. And like, there's some interesting threads to pull on what? there and some interesting things, but oh yeah, that's a thing. Um, I didn't know that one, dude. Oh, yeah. I could talk L- to you Lemurians, all Atlanteans. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh, but my, my contention is that no, it's it, it it's the same idea as the bow and arrow, right? Like we didn't. I don't think anybody has really suggested that there was some sort of cultural transmission that allowed people to build the bow and arrow. It's just like, hey, it's a good fucking way to shoot a deer, right? So I think that like I think that that sort of independent arisal of some of similar technology is why you see these similarities between the old world and new world mounds because I really do think that they are um, outposts of the other world. Hold too. on, you think. Are you part of the camp that thinks mountains aren't natural occurring? I think symbolically they're not. I mean, if you look at uh, especially the old world folklore, I mean, there are a lot of Native American tribes who think that all mountains are sacred, but um, the mountain was always a place of spiritual revelation. You know, sometimes I think there was a quote that I read recently from a Japanese mystic who said that as soon as you would go up a mountain and come back down, people would come to you for cures, right? So on a symbolic level, yeah, I mean, it is. But of course, that's the same reason why we see you know these ideas of alien mountain bases mountains were traditionally places for the dead uh there's some there's some academic lines of uh research that suggests that valhalla is actually derived from the words for like rock mountain um there were there were places for the dead they are fairy homes all throughout uh, especially again especially ireland ireland and the british isles hills and fair hills and mountains and stuff were places where fairies live the words for uh hill and fairy she um are, can be used interchangeably and now today by coincidence uh this is where alien underground bases are and to me it's just all talking about this idea of things congregating around mountains which again ties into older ideas of the axis mundi the umbilicus between our world and the other world you're actually closer to god when you're on top of a mountain so therefore you'd be able to have greater access to to this other realm the overworld instead of the underworld if you will do you think they're melted buildings though that's what (laughs) no i don't think so i mean i I think that at the end of the day yeah i i I walk a weird line right because i'm i'm a christian and i i i also believe in all this strange stuff and uh i um I think that all this strange stuff exists, but at the end of the day, I think that if I dig into a mountain, I'm just going to find a bunch of rock. I think that, again, it's that idea of the real and the unreal, the, the real and the imaginary being sort of a, a false dichotomy. Um, I, I tend to prefer the word when talking about stuff like UFOs and fairies and Bigfoot, imaginal rather than imaginary. So sort of like a Carl Jung collective unconscious idea. These things are from your head, but they're not in your head, if that makes any sense. 
so interesting dude right it's so interesting and like i think people can go crazy trying to figure this out and i just like that's why i always say don't participate just observe man you know it's man, like, this this stuff will eat your fucking lunch if you don't <laughs> if, no no seriously if, if you don't distance yourself from this stuff i've seen it firsthand people get into this and they just obsess over it and they go down these rabbit holes and they never come up for air and that's one of the reasons that i enjoy you know continuing to be involved in music is because whenever i get frustrated with music i retreat into my writing and whenever i get frustrated with my writing i can retreat back into my music but i have other things going on which i think makes you not only more interesting but i think it literally kind of makes you a better person on a metaphysical level too i had this argument with my musician friends all the time after last year i'm like if you can't see how fucking fragile your occupation is after this past year of live music and not like create or double down on a side hustle that you have i don't know what you're doing man i, I totally agree on that bro i tell everybody it's so interesting as i talk to other comedians about diversifying your revenue streams they some people can't come to grips with, they're so invested in one way and it's like it's that, an identity you know well it's it's also that what they're into well i get that but like it's like you'd have to be an idiot not to see like the, the you're worshiping at a dying altar like the key is like this you know it's like i always said women were really great at relationships because a woman kind of knows before anybody else if it's going south. And they'll, oh, dude, I'm telling you, man, they're really good at getting that next relationship just ready to go. So it's it's like that video game where, like, the the, the, the layers kind of, and you just step onto another layer. And they're, oh, yeah. they're really good at that. So it's like, you know, in Hollywood, it's like, I, dude, you could do all this stuff you want to try to sell a TV show. What does it mean anymore? Yeah, you're, I mean, the paycheck's not going to be the same and all that stuff. It's great that you want to do that, but you should have multiple revenue streams coming in and multiple projects going on in this new media that people want, which is peer to peer. You How many people, to- though, do you know that are artists that have that artistic temperament that just don't have that brain for business or, or you know, promote it, self-promotion? You know what I mean? But there's, Most of them, yeah. There's yeah. even people like that. Like, we, we know people that are super into stocks that won't fuck with crypto. Yeah. Just because they're so diehard yeah. on fucking stocks. You're, like, that's my ride or die. Your ego is not your amigo, bro. Yeah. That's from uh, AA, dude. Your ego is not your amigo. But it's very interesting. And I, so it's like, you always got to have, I always say, like, a red band in your life, right? Like, that... <laughs> Like for me, it's like Dana. Dana's really great at organizing stuff. Yeah, she can drive some people crazy once in a while. Get off the mic, Johnny, okay? She can drive people a little crazy once in a while, but you gotta have it. Here's a weird thing, right? Adult film stars are like that. I know a lot of adult film stars. The ones that don't have that guy that builds their website, does all their content, they go nowhere. The ones that have that guy who's just, his whole thing is like crank out their content, those are the ones or, that throw. Or like strippers. The strippers with the boyfriend end up doing better than the string than the stripper that's single. Because she yeah. just wastes all her money. Yeah. So it's like it's like <laughs> going back to what you're saying. It's like you gotta kinda have some organization, but an understanding that the game changes. And the game changes. But we're off track on that because <laughs> I just I have uh, a monkey playing symbols in my head. Okay. <laughs> but I wanna get back to your book that you were talking about, and it's very important. Uh, and it's, I, I, I find this really interesting. You wrote an entire book about the role of food and drink encounters with humanoids. 
What does that mean? Well, so f- for whatever reason, I've always had this interest interest in fairy folklore. Um, and uh, I was aware that that food taboo that I mentioned earlier, that if you take food or drink from fairyland, you'd be trapped there forever. And when I saw that thing about the, the Bigfoot, I was like, okay, so this is a, this is a, uh, a worldwide belief phenomena, so to speak. And, and sure enough, it is. Um, you'll find this in like, you know, um, Australasia, that if you take food, when you go to the land of the dead, you'll be trapped there forever. Um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, anthropologists like to point to the Persephone myth, which, you know, Persephone was taken into the underworld. And when she was rescued, Hades gave her these pomegranate seeds that were cursed. And if she ate them, she'd have to stay with them forever. And sure enough, she did. That's all fine and good. But like you sort of, what you do when you take a look at that as being something, when you look at that as being the origin source for this belief, you sort of paint the reductionists into a corner, right? Because they have to admit one of three things, either, um, because I mean, obviously this myth didn't make it to the new world, right? There's nobody in Alaska talking about Persephone and, you know, 1000 AD. Um, and it didn't make it to Australasia either. Um, so either there was a global civilization that was, that was transmitting these myths. Okay. Or, um, the collective unconscious is, is a real thing, you know, as Jung posited that there are these ideas that we just share as a species also really weird, not conventional, or the idea that when you interact with something from the other world and you take food, there's, there's something to that idea. It's a, it actually has an objective reality. So one of those things has to be true. And each of them is not the consensus standpoint of anybody who's orthodox. Right. So I found that really interesting. And again, with this idea that, um, that, uh, fairy lore and UFO lore are so similar. Are there examples of this? And there are, I mean, even if you don't want to cite the, you know, the, uh, the manifold examples of people being given different types of food and drink in alien abductions, there are injections, there are ointments, which basically serve the same function. Um, you know, one of the interesting things that I found was that a lot of these drinks that people are given, they're given at the end of the experience and it will often induce amnesia. And, oh, snap. Uh, sure, yeah. Well, sure enough, but the, here's the interesting thing. Um, in uh, in Greek uh, mythology, if you were to go over to the other side and come back before you were reincarnated, you had to drink this drink called lethe, which was sort of the, the milk of forgetting. You would forget your past lives and that way you could reincarnate. And if you didn't drink that milk, then you came back as a seer or a prophet. So it's interesting that, uh, that you know, you have these things that alien abductees will report. They'll report enhanced psychic ability. They'll report all sorts of other things that tend to tie into that older mythology as well. Um, you know, you'll find other interesting things. You know, the things that I found mostly were that people would mostly drinks. So overwhelmingly, they would get drinks from aliens, right? Um, and they tended to f- be described as juices or milks. And then from there, it was like grains and breads. And then like at the bottom of the list was, was meat uh, and stuff like that. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the closest thing that I could find that corresponds to that on earth is, uh, the sattvic diet and in Ayurvedic Hinduism, there are different uh, ways of approaching what you put in your body and, uh, the most, uh, the most beneficial diet for your spirituality, um, is called the sattvic diet. There's the, uh, tamasic diet and the rajasic diet. The tamasic diet is like junk food, right? <laughs> and the tamasic diet, sorry, the tamasic diet is like junk food. The rajasic diet is, um, is like, you know, spicy things. So you need a little bit of that in your life. But the thing that all the prophets and the holy men would commit to would be this sattvic diet, which had a focus that lines up exactly with the types of food and drink that people get in these encounters. 
uh, you know, milks, juices, and grains and fruits. It, it just lines up uh, quite perfectly. And then again, you have this idea of like, are these alien abductions, are these abductees people who are being, you know, tagged like we would tag animals or are they a way of the universe sort of forcing a shaman quota on us right like we don't have shamans anymore the 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 personal religious experience was handed over a long time ago to a priest class at least in the west and what if there's like a quota that the universe god whatever you want to call it what if there's a quota that has to be met that we aren't fulfilling and the, and then this power says okay if you aren't going to inter- if you aren't going to interface with the spirit world i'm going to make you interface with the spirit world and that's kind of where i am on a lot of this stuff now i uh i i think it's so aliens be roofing people is that what's going on <laughs> Aliens out here roofing motherfuckers, man. There is an element of that too, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, there are some instances where it seems like the food was administered just before or after a sexual encounter with the aliens. Well, at least you don't come Um, home hungry. I mean, like, hey, I got pro, but man, I'm full. (laughs) Or or it's or it's you know, alien plan B, right? You know, what if you really just love the alien food and it just you know you couldn't get enough of it and that you know you can never have it again? You know, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? That would be terrible. Aliens just have like bomb cheeseburgers, you know, and you're like, but what if? What if you're just like, oh, I'm going to have to get probed again, but that food is so good. Yeah, you're just going out waving in fields, you know, just like, hey, hey, what's oh, up, guys? That literally, that literally happens, though. You, you, you do have people who are, I mean, this is something you hear in, in near-death experiences a lot, where people are like, I went to this other place, and then once they get back into their, once they come back alive, they're like, oh, this this shit bag of a world again, like, I have to be fucking here. But, um, but th- exactly what he was talking about happens in some of the older fairy lords, the idea that the Elamades... Uh, I believe they were Danish or Dutch. I can't remember. But anyway, from that part of the world, these fairy maidens would give you wine and you weren't supposed to drink the wine. And in one of the, one of the myths that I found uh, uh, this knight drank the wine and he was able to return home. So seemingly it refutes that idea that you're trapped in fairyland. But even though he returned home, he was so enraptured by the taste of the wine and the women that he actually went insane. So there seems to be a possibility that this idea, this older fairy idea of once you eat or drink the food, you can't return home there's an idea that it could perhaps mean that you can't return home in the sense that you can't return back to the way that you were life has changed for you since then completely it's like conspiracies man once you see it, you can't unsee it you could yeah. try you, you can't unring like, a bell yeah. yeah you can't unring a bell i totally believe in that stuff man so what about smells man do we got smells <laughs> Are aliens smelling? So I have a book called The Brimstone Deceit, and people look at that and they think it's like a Joel Austin book or something, right? Because it sounds kind of like <laughs> it. Um, but uh, there is a, a consistency of smells that you find all across the paranormal. Um, now, the book doesn't just deal with the smells of brimstone, which we now today call sulfur. It deals with a lot of other smells, including like the smell of ozone. It's pretty common with uh, with um UFO encounters, but um, across, again, across all these different modalities, um, ghosts, demons, UFOs, Bigfoot, fairies, you find smells of entropy, of decay, oftentimes the smell of sulfur, or more specifically sulfur compounds. Um, Sulfur doesn't smell unless it's heated. So when people say, oh, it smells like sulfur, it smells like rotten eggs or whatever, they're talking about one of several sulfur compounds. So the smell of gunpowder is uh, sulfur dioxide. The smell of rotten eggs is, is a hydrogen sulfide. And that hydrogen sulfide smell you, you find time and time again. Um, 
what I find really interesting about it, you know, most people will say, oh, that means that UFOs are demonic. And what they don't really understand is that um, the idea of sulfur brimstone smells being attached to like demonic forces has never really been about like the fact that demons stink. It's always been about the fact that sulfur um, has long been treated as a, as a, as a cleansing agent. You know, you can look at just any number of medications uh, that are sulfides and sulfates, you know, skin, acne cream and stuff like that. It's, it's an antimicrobial. And even in the Bible, you'll find, you know, God's cleansing breath is, is equated with sulfur. Um, interestingly enough, there's sort of an ozone connection here too. the ideas of a, uh, Thion and Theos have the same, you know, theological um, or origin, and the idea that people were smell the smell that people noticed after lightning strikes was called sulfur because of the idea that it was conflated with ozone. But what's really interesting to me about sulfur, right, is that if these things didn't want to be noticed, they pick and they, and they have any sort of control over the way they smell, they pick the worst smell possible. Yeah, not because right. of, well, I mean, not only because it stinks, but because like we're chemically wired to detect it at these infinitesimal levels. I mean, um, for example, I think hydrogen sulfide specifically, we can detect at like 0.5 parts per billion, which to put that in perspective, it's like a drop of ink in a semi tank truck. And that's half that, like it's half that quantity, right? So it seems like these things want to be noticed. And sort of the the line of thought that I looked into in this particular uh, book was the idea that um, smell is a powerful tool um, because it's not just, again, not just these brimstone, these sulfur odors, but also other odors that are reported as well. It's a powerful tool for memory because mm-hmm. unlike me telling you something, I can't can't force you to process those words, right? But if I, you know, had you smell your girlfriend's perfume from eleventh grade, like you couldn't help it, like that, that those thoughts, those I emotions totally would agree on that. They come in your mind. I was yeah. getting out of this couple. We were in an elevator. I was. We were going to the gig. I. I. The elevator closes. This couple's in. We're talking about someone just let their dog throw up in the in the elevator and didn't clean it up. Right? They just left it there. Wow. So we come back. Oh, man, this couple, when they left, I don't know what it was, man, but they smelled like cocaine. They just, I smelled <laughs> the, I had, I flew back the memories of the smell of coke. You know that smell that's kind of like, it, the best like way is gasoline like, kind like of a, a ga- well, you're doing bad coke, okay? <laughs> it smells like gasoline, right? I'm talking like this kind of chalky feel that you, you associate with cocaine, right? The whole elevator smelled like it, which is weird because um, unless they're smoking crack and they didn't look like crackheads, I don't know why it would smell, but I definitely smelled that, dude. It was. Definitely- they were just teachers. They were teachers with chalk on their pants. Did your nose get watery? <laughs> no, my nose is... <laughs> um, I find that interesting, dude, and like why... It's so funny because you said there's other entities that have good smells, like, is there anyone who smells like pink lemonade out there? Like, uh, tink, the, the fairies or anything? You get roses a lot. Um, I think, uh, oh man, let me, okay, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Um, I, uh, yeah, you get, you get roses a lot. Um, actually of all people, um, Dennis Kucinich, you remember him? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He claimed, he told Shirley MacLaine that he actually saw a UFO on his balcony and it was accompanied by this magnificent smell of roses for like 10 minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get this. And what's interesting about that specifically is that I found that you could break down all the odors that people report. Of course, like you can't survey everything. There's no database for all this stuff, but 
you get a feel after you've read your thousand and first report, right? And uh, what what I found was that a lot of the odors that people reported fell into one of two camps. It was either hydrogen sulfide, so the fart smell, the rotten egg smell, that smell, or it was odors that fell into this category called trigeminal stimulants. Now, what trigeminal stimulants are, your trigeminal nerve is actually the largest nerve in your face. It's that feeling that you get when you sniff vinegar or you sniff Windex or Epsom salts is a good example. So in that Epsom salt example, we have something that is able to bring people out of one state of consciousness into another, right? You, you can revive people. And interestingly enough, oh, hydrogen sulfide, it was recently proven uh, probably 10 years ago now that in carefully monitored doses, hydrogen sulfide can put rodents into a state of suspended animation. And of course, the space companies were really excited about this because maybe it could somehow send us to Mars or something. But what I see in that is you have these two smells, hydrogen sulfide, these trigeminal stimulants. One can put you into an altered state of consciousness. One can bring you out of the altered state of consciousness. So I posited that if people report hydrogen sulfide, that's the smell that they remember before they were put under into the altered state of consciousness, where these things truly reside, right? The way that they really interact oh, with us through our minds. And when people remember these trigeminal stimulants, that's the smell of them remembering as it ends. That's an idea. Um, because I do think that altered states of consciousness play an incredibly important role in all this stuff. Okay. I think most, a lot of it happens in some sort of other in-between realm where you're conscious, you know. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I was standing in Whitley Streeper's bedroom on December 25th, 26th, 1986, uh, if I would have seen him be abducted or what or if I would have seen him just go into a trance but I don't think if it's him going into a trance it really diminishes the experience in any way because I think things can be in that realm and still be equally real are there any other like are ghosts do ghosts have a smell do any of those have a smell Bigfoot that people... smells like shit right no come on bro. Bigfoot, yeah Bigfoot smells like yeah Bigfoot smells like shit <laughs> interestingly Bigfoot seems to be able to turn that on and off I have lots of stories where they, that where they have the smell and it goes away immediately or they don't have the smell that just switches right on when it's scary or something. So like people, you know, the flesh and blood bigfooters will be like, Oh, it's cause you got a smell gland or a shit gland. But you know, I mean, <laughs> apes really don't, apes really don't have glands like that, that they can turn on of their own volition. There's some evidence that gorillas, gorillas can when they're afraid or something or alarmed, but like the idea of it switching on and off like a skunk doesn't happen. But in my idea that these things are all coming from the same imaginal, uh, altered state of consciousness soup, then the idea of switching the smells on and off at will seems to make perfect sense. But um, back to your original question about the ghost smells. Yeah, um, plenty of them. I mean, I, I could have written the entire book about ghost smells, really, because ghosts can smell like kind of anything that people are associated with in their lifetimes. Uh, you know, cigar smoke, colognes. The problem with a lot of these ghost stories is that these smells can actually seep into wood and under certain atmospheric conditions, moisture, pressure, whatever, can be released again. So, you know, I'm not trying to diminish anyone's experience because I do believe that the spirit world in that sense can communicate through smell. Um, and I think that there are some smells that like, no, that wasn't coming from the mantelpiece where it had soaked in 20 years earlier. Like this was actually a spirit coming to me and giving me that smell. Um, uh, that is a skeptical argument that you have to entertain. And again, this idea of, uh, of hydrogen sulfide of, of stinky fart smells um, happens all the time uh, around entities. Oftentimes though, it's interesting to note that the, the negative things smell bad and the good things smell good, which again, I think implies another level of control that they have over these, their presentation. What if farting is just something coming through a portal? 
Well, it's, it, is. it is something coming through it a portal. Huh? It's exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the ghost of your lunch, you know? <laughs> okay. So earlier in the day, earlier in, the, in this interview, you'd mentioned switching out humans for channelings. Um, we have heard versions of that. Uh, not, you know, a much darker version, demons trying to come in this world through still births, uh, switching in and taking over the, the, the body of the baby, stuff like that. What is a channeling? Oh, a changeling. A changeling. Um, there we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm illiterate. Uh, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So I think that a lot of the, the child abduction myths probably originate with Lilith, who was a... Uh, sort of an esoteric Judaic figure who was supposedly Adam's first wife. There's evidence to suggest that she was actually derived from an older um, Mesopotamian, I believe, demon named Lamash too, who was known for taking children, taking babies. Um, But the the changeling phenomena specifically um, runs across, it really is worldwide. You'll find it on every inhabited continent. Um, And even you'll find it in some wild man, uh, accounts in certain continents like in other words their version of bigfoot will take a baby and replace it with one of their own babies um we're most familiar with it in uh in lore from ireland and the british isles specifically ireland though the, the practice was incredibly widespread there and the idea was that you would have a perfectly healthy normal baby and uh you know you'd turn around or maybe you'd offend the fairies in some way And the next thing you know, uh, this baby uh, would suddenly be scrawny and thin. It would constantly wail for food, but it would never be full, and it would be sickly, and it would eventually pine away and die. And the explanation was that the fairies had taken your child and replaced it with one of their own. Um, And exactly what it was and the reasons for this are are varied. Um, Sometimes they would be elderly fairies sort of living out the rest of their days in a hospice situation in human homes. Sometimes they would be most, you know, most often it would be a, a fairy baby um, that would, uh, that was being brought there to be nurtured by the mother. So it was sort of a, a twofold uh, benefit, right? The fairy baby got to have human milk, which actually had nourishment actually had essence to it, so to speak, as opposed to fairy food, which was a sham while the human baby would be stolen away to fairyland and incorporated into the bloodline, that dying races idea that I was talking about, which you'll find again, all across alien abductions where they specifically say, we need your genetic material because our race is dying. Um, sometimes it would also be a stock or a fetch, which is just a, a name for like a log that was uh, that was cloaked with fairy magic glamour. That's where, where we get the word glamour from. Um, it would be cloaked with glamour to appear like a human child. Um, and the way that um, people would deal with this after they visited the fairy doctor or their witch or their seer woman is they would basically torture the child until the fairies would intervene and rescue their substitute and replace your child. Um, of course, I, ha- I have to bring this up because I feel like it does a disservice. Um, while I do think that this does play out on some sort of uh, metaphysically real level. Um, This was obviously in some cases describing children with developmental disabilities and uh, infanticide was really prevalent in uh, Ireland. There's a book uh, called a most diabolical deed by this scholar named Elaine Farrell, who looked at infanticide of children three years and younger. Um, Just that, just that bracket. And over just a 50 year period, 1850 to 1900, just in Ireland. So Ireland, 
children three and under who were murdered 50 years. And she found 4,645 cases of child murder. Jesus. So, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, uh, why Arlen, do you Arlen's... even do that story? Like, imagine that's your job. How depressing was that oh research? Oh, my be? God. Yeah, right. It's, well, this is, this is by far my darkest book. It's uh, Thieves in the Night. Um, so, like, I, I think that this plays out, again, I think this plays out on some sort of spiritual, metaphysical level, but you kind of have to have to acknowledge that. Now, what's interesting to me, uh, as someone who looks at the similarity between fairy lore and uh, and UFO lore, is that you can find a pretty clear uh, correlation between um, between fairies, or rather the, the, the changelings themselves, their description, big head, big eyes, scrawny, scrawny bodies, appearing listless and lifeless, and the alien hybrids that people are often given. You know, so this is part of the alien, alien agenda as they're trying to hybridize with human beings. Well, oftentimes they'll be given a hybrid child that they provided the genetic material for. What's even more interesting is you remember I said that the stock or the fetch was actually a log that was cloaked to look like a baby. There are these two researchers now, your mileage on them may vary. Roger Lear and Daryl Sims, I certainly have problems with their outlooks. But in 1998, they found that these people who were reported holding these hybrid alien babies, if they were to show their hands under a black light, would have this purplish pinkish fluorescence. And you know what fluoresces purple pink under black light? Chlorophyll. So we have that coming back full circle to these older ideas of the fairy stock, the fairy log, the fairy plant uh, being a human child substitute. You brought that up. Uh, have you seen the the missing four one one? Yeah, they yeah, mentioned um, they mentioned that some sometimes the kids go missing and they talk to like a bigfoot or fairy and they they check the spot and the kid just randomly comes back. Is that something yeah. like interdimensional where it comes back to bigfoot? Well, I mean, so so I, I've often said, well, two things. Number one, I think that the, there are some core experiences in David Pilatus's Missing 411 research that are uh, genuinely anomalous. There's a lot of things that I think he didn't necessarily do his due diligence on, but returning to that those core experiences, those core accounts, um, I've often joked that the missing 411 stuff is like a paranormal Rorschach test, right? So like whatever you're really into is <laughs> is what it is. So if you're really into underground alien bases, it's you know the government doing that. Tunnels. Um, if you're into tunnels, yeah, uh, Bigfoot. Um, you know, so I realize fully well. Um, self-awareness here that when I say it closely corresponds to fairies and sort of fulfilling my own, my own designation of those cases. But um, it really does, I think, point to something that we would have understood as fairy lore. Uh, because if you look at the cases that you mentioned, lots of times there's inclement weather that moves in. There are examples where the child or the missing person is found in a place that had been searched thoroughly time and time again. And that it does imply that there's some sort of interdimensional aspect or some sort of, you know, and, and the, the weather thing, I mean, if it's aliens, are we saying that aliens can control the weather DARPA style? I mean, maybe they can, oh, but snap. that's something that something that fairies could do. Fairies would travel on storms. Um, fairies were most active on, on, on rainy and windy days, um, supposedly. So I think it does speak to something I'd like to take this point to reiterate. I don't think it's fairies and I don't think it's aliens. I think it is the same thing. And I think that we really lack the tools to describe whatever this thing we're interacting with is i'm working on a hunch nowadays that it's something to do with you know the realm of the dead and that the paranormal is kind of all about death and dying and, and the dead but uh you know i'm not saying that that aliens or fairies or fairies or aliens i think it's you know in the words of terence mckenna stranger than we can imagine not stranger than we imagine stranger than we can imagine but yeah the missing 411 stuff is a great example of that because 
a lot of them are children. You know, a lot of them are wearing uh, colors like red, which were colors that would offend the fairies, so they would end up capturing you. You're fucked, bro. Fuck today. Yeah, you're going to get... Why do they want kids? There's a lot of fairies in LA. Why? Yeah, there are. (laughs) Uh, Why why do they want kids so much? Why are they always interested in kids? And why is it when they duct like rednecks, why is it butt stuff? (laughs) Well, um, so to the first question, um, I don't know if I really have a really satisfactory answer. Um, You know, I mean, kids are pliable. Um, you know, if, if you've seen, uh, if you've read, uh, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End, where the aliens come down and they look like the devil, and they're explaining that, oh, we, you know, we're focusing on your children because they're, you know, they're mutable, they're they're changeable. Um, I don't know. It, it points to this is one of the harder books to write because the subject matter is just so dark, and it ties into, you know, I'm not as afraid of, you know, knock on wood, I'm not as afraid of supernatural predators as I am human predators. Um, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, for, regarding my children, at least. Um, and, uh, you know, there's that, there's that line of thinking. There's, um, there's, there's a line of thinking that you can just, you kind of see it. I mean, you kind of see it whenever there is a major cultural change, right? You start indoctrinating the children first and then they all get on board and that's how you have this massive, large scale societal change. So maybe it's somehow related to something like that. Um, it's uh, it's unsettling though to say the least. Now, on a more positive spin, the sort of realm that I'm looking at now, um, with the idea, right, dig uh, myself out of this dreary hole that I'm in. No, 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 sorry, um, sorry, you're you're killing. You're doing oh, okay. Right. Um, it, it, you know, if 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 the paranormal is all intrinsically about death, as I'm sort of looking at with book um then by extension it's got to also be about life as well so that sort of explains or goes to some degree of explaining why the paranormal is always so sex and death obsessed not just death obsessed but it's also all about hybridization and spirit unions and stuff like that it's just interesting man i think there's so much more layers to what's going on i think so much is being exposed right now and i you know I uh I mean I mean like you can get lost in trying to stop uh people from hurting children. I think everybody should focus on that. Uh but it, it's something you can get you know it's an abyss. It's and it's 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 like the darkest thing that you can possibly look into. I mean and especially once you have kids because you know you have the kids and it's not just the idea that you have an insight into how much more you love them, but also you look at how damn resilient they are, you know, and how, um, how sturdy they are and how strong they are. And then you think about like what people have to do to actually physically hurt a child, you know, and it's like, I can't even, can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think there's no lower form of human being than someone who can hurt a child. And you know, with this, this Ghislaine Maxwell thing going on, when you're seeing how many women were helping men hurt little girls, like, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I like, mean, I mean, this, this pursuit of power and access to fame, fortune, and power that you're willing to allow, like, kids to get hurt, like, you know, I mean, we haven't even heard it. If these if these things involved really like dark dark like 
you know, the stuff that we've heard that Hillary was well, involved with and stuff I mean, like that, which is you don't think hurting that, children. That deep, like that dark, dark shit. You don't think they just capped those girls off? Those are well, the ones that survived. You don't think they capped well, them off on the island? Saying, we haven't even heard that yet. We haven't even heard anything about that. And I find it really hard to believe that, that it was just that some dildos. It was just oh, some regular dude, that sex. Ain't gonna be in the trial. What? That, that shit ain't going to be in the trial. No, no, I'm not even saying trial. Like, we've heard that about Hillary and the frazzle drip, but we haven't even heard this, like, not expecting in the trial, but the discussion of it. Yeah. Because the know, craziest we, thing about the trial is like, oh, there was a dildo in a massage table. I haven't heard that. You're a little yeah. paying attention no, to well, shit than no, I No, because they, they, they saw videos of the, the, you know how the cops showed up to the house and they recorded the whole thing and they showing that to the to the jury. And on there, there was a the table. They brought the table into the jury where he would get his massage. And it's just like very like, it's fucked up, but it's like, it goes way deeper than that. I'm sure they were doing way. It goes way deeper than that. And it just goes to like. I mean, I mean, I, I, I wish that um, I wish that anything that doesn't expose someone or put someone currently alive at risk, I wish any, everything else would just be made public in that trial. But we're never we're not going to hear about half of it. I'm sure. Yeah. No, we're not, because it's the highest levels of power. The people run the media are the ones who are involved in the compromising, and they'll just never hear it. It just it won't. And you it's think of like, the people they're trying to protect, though. Like, why? Who, who are these because people? Because they're the, they're the epicenter of power. Prince I mean, Andrew. Lex Wessner. I mean, like, dude, that yeah. guy's part of the mega group. And that leads to that leads to Israel, but ultimately it leads back to the Vatican and the black nobility. And, like, just all this blackmail to control everything. I mean, look what's going on right now. Like, imagine if Hillary would have won and then her winning the cleanse on, on the island and they figure something out. She can't be president. You'd have to somehow get rid of her. How she? How she married to some guy that was all about yeah, human but, sex trafficking? Yeah, but if she's in the presidency, that investigation goes yeah. nowhere. Well, she and she could also, them. dude, yeah. she could get away with jettisoning, jettisoning him so quickly. But she could have been like, you know, it's been a sham marriage this whole time since since Monica. You yeah. know, she could she it, could cut him loose. If only we had a journalistic apparatus that could pursue this. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Well, I think independent journalism is alive and well, and I think oh, it is. It they're is. winning, dude. I think. I mean, if you've been watching Jimmy Dore, you can't get more left than Jimmy Dore. Have you been watching him, bro? I mean, what he he is just full. He could he could host his own Tim Fall Hat with the stuff he's putting out right now, and he hates being called a conspiracy theorist. I always tell him just lean into it, bro. When you you like, dude, when you give it no power, they got no control over well, you. Well, even Trevor Nog yeah, just went that, on there on Moderna that, and said, like, hey, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't support over. him. No, I don't it's like over, him. I'm just dude. saying, even he's like, kind of like, holy fuck. Like, no, you can't. He, that's everything that dude does is calculated and they see where it's turning. And it's even some of the guys in like the comedy community, like, they all do safe danger. And now, that it's like out that this thing, you're going to start seeing everybody yeah. acting like they were against it the whole time. No, no. You'll know. Well, no. But it's yeah. like, I'd rather them all come out and understand what's going on. I mean, it's just creepy. But yeah, in this war, though, is it, this battle against those dark forces, it's, it's at that level. And it's also at this very uh, sort of surface level uh, which is our you know our language i mean like do you remember that story from like last week where that oh, i old, love old, how you were like i thought you were gonna be like years ago you're like last week the, that's how quickly things well, yeah yeah exactly it, this old dominion professor wanted to call 
pedophiles, uh, oh, yeah. min- minor attracted yeah. individuals. Yeah, yeah, Because uh, yeah. yeah. we're worried about what, what the the the, the feelings of the yeah, the I people totally who are, are abusing children. Yeah, I I'm, totally. I'm afraid we're going to see that normalization in our lifetime. Yeah. I don't right. think. I think they're trying. And maybe it is, or maybe they're just see like so. Have you seen on on Twitter, right? That they'll they'll now send you something being like, "Hey, just so you know, this guy's put out some really crazy yeah. stuff." Yeah, yeah, that is training us for social credit score. So once we get okay with these warnings, now they're when they start doing this, like, "Hey, just let you know, the guy standing next to you, uh, shit talks to government." Black Mirror, dude. As, yeah, that's where it's well, coming. Well, Amazon yeah. came out I'm with the article. That. My score's down, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Amazon yeah. came out with the article. It's way down, brother. Yeah, Amazon came well, out with the article where they can figure out your credit score. Your credit score would go around with your browsing, searching history, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the same thing as the same shit. Like if you in there, hey, did Joe Biden or how did uh so and so make her money or what's up with Kamala Harris? Oh, guess what? You can't live here. We're not going to give you that loan to live in well, Beverly Hills since you're not part of the game. Your, at least your credit score is is you know. Uh, Based in, in 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 actual facts, you know, uh, not not someone's opinion of what is truth. I agree. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I've seen this in, in my community a lot. The paranormal community has just lost its mind about who you associate and what podcast you're on, and like the transmission only goes one way, right? So if you're if you're on some podcast that has views that don't conform to the establishment, then you're tainted by that. But if you you know, go on a podcast that has views that do conform with the establishment, then you know you don't get somehow cleansed by that. You can, you know, it's, it's like uh, you're you become untouchable, and it's it's just this idea. Well, I don't agree with everything you guys say. I've listened to the show plenty, and I agree with you know, I agree with some of it, and I, some of it I don't. And it's just it's, I I I reserve the right to speak to whoever I goddamn well please. Fox sounds like we're on another list, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some people for whom like disagreeing on any issue is just. You're, yeah. you're you're written off to them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and that's yeah. that's the worst that, kind of thinking. And it's not even that. It's just buzz words. That's all they don't. It's like back when I started comedy, just saying Jesus Christ in some rooms, you would lose the entire room. Just saying it. And so now, fast forward to where we are. Anytime anybody says black, gay, women. They don't even listen to what you become Charlie Brown's mom to them and they <laughs> redline. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. I experienced it this weekend. They don't listen to what is being said. Mm-hmm. They just react. Well, dude, there's this orgasm that people who respond to those kinds of things have when they feel like, oh, I, I get to be offended now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's feeling just, something. It, it, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's yeah. emotion. Yeah. People are People are addicted to emotion. That's now, it. listen, there's also, this is a sign of how good we have it here, right? There's also mm-hmm. this desire for fight or flight emotion, right? The feeling of their, that your life is on the line because that's what it used to be back in the wild days where we thought where we were wired like cavemen, like this desire to feel fun. So you feel it when you get offended, right? You feel it with the thought that we are living in a fucking pandemic that is going to kill everybody. I was literally in San Diego, man. And like the, 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 the labeling of the streets is so bad. You, sometimes they don't tell you what street you're on. Mm-hmm. You're like, where the fuck am I? So this woman is coming next to me. She has a mask on. She's walking. I'm like, ma'am, can you tell me what street this is? She's like, no, I don't. Literally, because I didn't have a mask on. <laughs> oh, she God. was freaking 
out. Even their own research says that you can't. Nobody's getting it outside. But they don't care yeah, yeah. because it, the seed was already planted. Yeah, so I listen. Like I have family members who are isolators. Okay, telling you that you can't leave your house. They love this. They lean into it. Give well, them I mean, a reason they, not to leave. Don't overlook like the 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 spiritual fulfillment that people got out of this too. I mean, I think that we're hardwired to have religion of some sort. And uh, if you don't have religion, I'm not saying that you have to have religion, right? I'm not saying that I have plenty of atheist friends, whatever. But if you don't have that void filled by something, then you're going to seek it out. And that's what I think a lot of people have done. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a meme that I saw that was uh, the uh, Captain Phillips where he's like looking at Tom Hanks and he goes, I am a religion now. And it's just, his head is in the COVID molecule, <laughs> you know? We're living in crazy times, yep. brother. Joshua, I can listen to you forever, brother. It yes. was an honor and yes. privilege. Come back anytime. Big Doors time. open. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a fun, you know, dude, this shows, I don't know why the paranormal people don't love us, because <laughs> we love the weirder, the better. I'm We're there, all man. about that action. All, all, the way. all about well, it, dude. I'm too weird for the UFO people, and I'm too weird for the Bigfoot people, so I'm right up your alley. Well, it sounds like you're doing something right then, you know what I'm saying? Because if yeah. uh, everybody likes you, that's my opinion on, like, sometimes comedy. It's like, if every if, if everybody likes you, you're probably not doing anything and on it, stage. Yeah. It doesn't matter how extreme the group is. They all have their orthodoxies, you know? And if you don't mm -hmm. if you don't conform, yeah, you're, yeah, you're on the outs with yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Even the fringe groups. Well, uh, great episode today. Again, Joshua, one more time, tell them where they can find you. JoshuaCutchin.com, J-O-S-H-U-A-C-U-T-C-H-I-N. It has links to all my interviews. If you're really a masochist and want to mainline me for 124 hours, you can do that there. <laughs> but also links to all my uh, books that you can purchase wherever you choose. All right, man. Well, you know, uh, I hope you guys check it out. The links for that are in the description. You can click those. And then I hope to see everybody in Tampa this weekend. And that's my final. Nope. I'm doing one thing with uh, Shab at the improv, but that's about it. So that's my last tour. I hope to see you. And then 2022 is already looking like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be everywhere. Uh, big shows, obviously, in Long Beach, Bakersfield, all this stuff's happening. So uh, please join us. Come and feel the power of rock, bro, because we're dropping the hammer of the gods. I love you guys very much. Thank you for all the five-star reviews. Uh, thank you for all the love. You keep us in the top 75 at all time. And for a show this old, that's pretty amazing. So thank you guys very much. We love you very much, and we will see you soon. Take care. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some injured dimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.